Welcome, Welcome everybody to the Retail Corner Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about the growth mindset that you should have in order to expand your business beyond your wildest imagination. And in order to do that, we have none other than Lee Ann Grant, who is the Chief Growth Officer at Babylist. How are you doing today, Lee? I'm great. It's nice to meet you. Uh, likewise. Thank you so much for being with us. So uh, before we really get into the conversation, why, right? tell us a little bit more about Babylist. What do you guys do be, beyond the obvious naming, right? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So as you just referenced, um, we started as a baby registry. So a list of all of the things that you need for baby, that's strollers and car seats and diapers and clothes and all of that um, about 12 years ago. Um, and the, the reason that our list was different is we built a universal registry. So you could add anything from your baby list from any retailer on the internet. Um, and then you send that list to your friends and family and they can buy it from any retailer. Um, wow. And yeah. any retailer nationwide or globally? You can add any, any, actually anything from any site. Um, so you could add a dog walking gift certificate, um, Anybody around the world could really use it. Um, you could add anything from Pottery Brown Kids or Etsy, um, et cetera. So nice. um, like a Pinterest where you can kind of create a list of everything you want. Um, and we've since evolved over the last 12 years to just being kind of this like life stage platform for friends, family, expecting parents, new parents, anybody with a baby in their life. Um, and mm -hmm. we offer them content. We have an e-commerce business. So where we're the merchant of record. We continue to have relationships with retailers. We actually just launched a health insurance business. Um, so kind of a lot of different things going on, wow. on around that life stage. Wow, wow, wow. And so Babylist, as you very well mentioned, you guys are all e-commerce, right? Mm -hmm. And obviously e-commerce has evolved tremendously, right? Even, even before the pandemic, I think in the last 15 years, it's a monster completely different, right? So mm -hmm. with that said, how has e-commerce, right? What have been the challenges that you guys have been able to to overcome throughout these years as your company continues to grow? Yeah, I think there's um, there's probably two big changes. One um, is just the evolution of e-commerce. 10 years ago, um, it, it seems like, I think you and I are both in the industry, like e-commerce has been around forever. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it still is, 10 years ago was less than 15% of transactions, maybe even less. Um, and so people, um, especially our audience, spans anywhere from like the 17 year old cousin to the 87 year old grandma um, and uh, how familiar they are with how to use e-commerce, how to check out across various retailer sites. Um, so really that just kind of familiar, familiarity and the penetration of e-commerce has changed um, and helped grow in our business a lot. But we've also had to do a lot with within our UI um, to kind of explain to people, how do you check out online? Um, mm -hmm. you know, you can still go down to the target around the, the corner and pick up the stroller, but how do we make that experience really delightful and intuitive? Um, absolutely. Yeah. The, the educational process, right. Has been, and I think a lot has also helped in the past couple of years to really push the older generations to feel comfortable with engaging with e-commerce, right. And the reliability, I think of e-commerce, I think that's where people were the most hesitant, right. A, yep. the not knowing how to navigate and then uh -huh. B, the hesitation of the trust is the product going to be good, right? Am I going to get, you know, fr some fraudulent product or something like that? But yeah. so with that, when it comes to e-commerce, right, where do you see for all the entrepreneurs out there and all our listeners, like the next five to 10 years, where do you see the trends shifting to? Where do you think business owners and executives should really focus in order to get ready for the next five years of e-commerce? Yeah, 
I, I think it's pretty simple. You have to have a great brand and a great product um, because especially with emerging technology, like um, AI, it's easier to, and even like existing technology like Shopify, it's super easy to create an e-commerce storefront. Um, mm -hmm. And it, um, online advertising has evolved. It's really, it's really easy to advertise. Like anyone can spill, spin up a Google ads account um, and an Instagram account. So with that kind of all baseline, that, that used to be hard 10 years ago. Now anybody mm -hmm. can do that. So the, the challenge is you have to have actually like a really good thing to sell. Um, and, and that's really hard. Like you can't just start selling diapers online and people are going to buy them. Like what's your differentiator? What's the product that you're selling? Um, what's the brand or the community or whatever you're building around it? Um, and is that exciting enough for people to kind of cut through all the noise? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause I think more and more any, anybody can start their e-commerce site. And as you very well mentioned, it's all about the product or the service that's, that you're bringing to the table that makes you stand out. Right. Yep. And of course the quality and the ease of delivery of that product. And, and also I wanted to ask you, I think a lot of people are building their websites. A lot of people are trying to shift and focus uh, in different target objectives, right? Trying to identify their target audience and their target market. But where do you think people should really focus in order to increase the conversions and the sales, right? Because you can have your website, it can be beautiful, you can have an amazing product, but how do you get people there, right? Because if, if people don't know of your existence, you're never going to sell anything. Yeah. Um, my advice is going to be a little bit biased because baby lists conversion path, but may, may be extensible to other people. Um, our conversion is that um, maybe you have a niece, you want to give her a gift, you come to our website, you're going to buy something. Um, mm -hmm. Your conversion, your likelihood to convert is really high. Um, and so we build an experience for that specific user, that specific use case that makes it really easy to, for you to shop. So we did that through a lot of user research. We every quarter have a lot. We have um, for the whole company, we have about eight users come to our all hands and they talk about their experience. Um, so we really, really understand what is what is your intent? Why are you coming to our site? And let's build like the perfect experience for that. Um, so for that, us, that's great content. That's a really clear UI. Um, and that's um, really, really good emails reminding you to purchase. Um, but it really depends on what's, what is like the very specific use case of why you are coming to my website and how can I help you convert for that specific user need? Absolutely, absolutely. And I think what one thing there, right? I think right now, so many businesses are trying so many various different initiatives, right? And they're trying to push the envelope. Uh, because we've noticed that a lot of consumers are really looking for the experience factor, right? Beyond yes. just the product. So with that, what do you recommend for our listeners? Like, yes, try something new, but at what point do you leverage between being obsessed with that attempt of trying to, you know, break, <laughs> break the chain, you know, versus where, hey, we tried, there was good things, bad things, let's take it back and let's try something else, right? Like, how do you keep that balance between throwing everything out the window versus, hey, we're experimenting, but at the same time, we're not risking the entire business. Yeah, that, that's a really funny question because it's personally really hard for me to give up on something. I'm very stubborn. Um, I like to see something through. Um, but culturally, what we do is we're very much a written culture. So similar to Amazon, before any project kicks off, we'll have a written document where we say, this is what I'm trying to test. These are the milestones um, and these are the metrics for success. And usually what's the time frame too? Um, and we believe in kind of the minimal viable product. Um, so let's not build the whole thing. Let's try something and test and learn. 
um, it's hard because people get committed to an idea um, and they want to kind of make it happen. But with that written documentation of, okay, I'm going to run the test for six weeks. This is what I'm trying to learn. Um, then we'll reevaluate. That's worked really well for us. Oh, nice, nice. No, that's a great recommendation, right? To kind of build your expectations, build your thresholds of where you decide, hey, this is successful or this this has an opportunity for changes, right? And then being committed to those documents. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. I think that's key to, in that growth mindset, right? And also, I think there's there has to be a lot of like internal culture, right? Of how you drive your employees to, to follow a project and not feel because the project did not represent or transcribe into the appropriate amount of sales that they still have the same passion and desire to go to the next project, right? So how, how do you do that? How do you keep that fire inside of them to keep trying and trying and trying? Yeah, uh, we try to talk a lot about kind of our vision and our mission where we're trying to get long-term. Um, so people really understand kind of the good we're trying to do in the world and how big the opportunity is um, to keep them excited about the business long-term. And really, as I mentioned before, connect them with our users. Um, in terms of kind of how we structure maybe these tests, um, we follow the shape up methodology, um, which is kind of operating in cycles. So there's a set six week cycle ahead of time where people are saying, okay, this is what I'm going to accomplish. And then we're going to check in. Um, and then, um, we also kind of talk a lot about our failures and where we're at in projects. So, uh, we'll go to an all hands and our VP of engineering will say, hey, we tried this project. These are the 20 ways that it's failed over the past six months to a year. And then mm -hmm. um, maybe we shut it down. Maybe we actually ended up with a success. So kind of making those, those journeys uh, public to everyone. Nice. nice, nice. And how, when it comes, obviously, that represents a lot of challenges to your team having agility, right? To shift, mm -hmm. move reestablish, replant, and restructure. So how, how agile would you consider your team? And what do you think are core things that other leaders can, can leverage or utilize in order to keep their team very agile? Yeah, um, I think as a company, we're pretty agile. There's certainly some teams where you really can't be that agile. Um, mm -hmm. so supply chain, um, you need to plan years in advance. Are you opening new warehouses or not? They need to be agile in the moment as things come up. Um, but we we do a lot of long term planning for certain functions that that need that um, accounting an audit you know you got you got yeah yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's black so and we, white <laughs> we try to we try to really name like this these are kind of the the team or company cultures um, where we can be really agile um, and then yeah as I said I think we build in um, kind of some and are trying to honestly kind of continually balance as we add new team members but the, there's some heavy process or structural thing. I mentioned there's six week cycles on our product and engineering team. Um, mm -hmm. And we, we really commit to that. But then we have small task day and small project day that kind of slide in there. And that's where you can do something a little more agile. Um, on the marketing team, we have um, quarterly OKRs and we say, okay, we're going to hit these. Um, but within those quarterly OKRs, the teams are pretty free to say, okay, I'm going to change um, how I'm going to get to that, those goals or my approach. Um, to, to kind of to kind of get there, um, so that mm -hmm. gives them the the intent is to give them the freedom to actually um, meet the goal, meet the outcome in whatever way, um, and through various tests that is going to um, get get them there. Okay, okay. So so I think one of the things you said there, which which resonates with me when I was internal and I had my own, my own team and everything, is mm -hmm. really 
focusing on the deliverables, right? More than yeah. the process itself, because everybody is a little different. Everybody processes information different. But at the end of the day, is how can they get to the deliverables? And are those deliverables accurate, right? And, and are they having a positive effect in the company? So yeah, yeah that, that's absolutely great. I love that. And so what what do you think for all the businesses that are out there? I know I know you guys are fully e-commerce, but I, I don't know. If, are you guys looking to do brick and mortar at any point or do you just want to continue e-commerce? What's kind of the plan there? Yeah, we're actually opening our first um, permanent physical location in, in a couple months in June. Um, we tested a couple of last year. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we're really excited. Oh, I bet. I bet. And so what do you recommend for everybody out there? Because I think a lot of businesses nowadays, they're starting e-commerce, right? And they're waiting to see that growth and they're waiting to see that exponential, right? Pattern. But when do you mm -hmm. think is the right or the right key or the right tool or the right threshold, right? K KPI, if you want to call it that, uh, in order to make the decision of, hey, we're ready for brick and mortar, right? Yeah. I think it's probably both a KPI and also um, a cultural readiness. Um, and I'll start with the cultural readiness where one of our core values is, as a team is intentionally focused. Um, mm -hmm. we, we, I love a shiny object, but I think we're really good at saying, okay, we're just going to be a babyless baby registry for 10 years and let's make that business good. And then, okay, now that we've nailed that, do we have the, the team and the resources to expand into I mentioned earlier, we just launched a health insurance business. Um, we're op opening our first showroom. So it's really about, okay, mm -hmm. culturally, do we have the mind share? Um, do we have the team that can expand beyond, beyond the core business? Because it's a lot of work, any new mm -hmm. businesses. Um, and then in terms of KPIs, what, what we saw actually was um, maybe a couple things. One, we survey, we have a kind of NPS and um, user research survey that goes out to our, our users after they use the product. Um, mm -hmm. And we knew that shopping in person continued to be something that they were doing. They were trying products out. So we continue to monitor that and say, okay, that's obviously a big opportunity. So the, mm -hmm. user, the user need was really there. Um, and then the second thing is um, we want to expand our market share. So um, what we saw was that we were growing. We have a very kind of viral product where people give a gift off baby list and then they happen to have a baby. So then they use our product. Um, but we wanted to find a way to grow our brand awareness even more. Um, and so, uh, funnily enough, um, now brick and mortar is actually one of the best brand building tools you can have. Um, mm -hmm. and so we decided that we are ready at that. Uh, we are now ready to kind of enter that, that new world of having a physical, um, space probably last two, make sure you can financially afford it. Um, we're, we're a profitable business. We kind of always have been. Um, and so it's really important for us to feel like we could monetize that within a year or two. Nice. And I, and I think the last thing you just mentioned is so pivotal, right? Because I think a lot of times businesses think, hey, we open up this new sales channel, right? Whether it's brick and mortar or e-commerce or social media, whatever the case might be, right? Even hiring influencers to try yeah. to really expand the brand. What you said is pivotal, right? There, this is all investments, right? And you have to go back to when you started your business and remember how much money and time it took for your idea to flourish, right? Because it's the same process. And I think a lot of either executives or entrepreneurs sometimes get lost in the misconception. Oh, we're making profit on this idea. Hence, if we add an idea, it's just going to make us extra money. And that's not the case. You're going to add an idea and you're going to lose money or invest money into it just the same way you nourish this first idea, right? Yes. And it might succeed or it might fail. So do you have the financial backing 
in order to not hurt your your initial baby, right? <laughs> to be able to produce more <laughs> and really generate more. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. I want to ask you one one last piece of advice, and I always like to ask this of everybody. If if you have one piece of advice, the most important through your career that you can give mm-hmm. to all of our listeners out there, right? As they're dealing with new projects, new initiatives, or maybe growing their business, what would be that one piece of advice that you would give them that you think will go a long way in their growth? Um, I'm glad we talked about growth mindset today because um, Carol Dweck's book on growth mindset, um, if you haven't read it, I highly recommend it. Um, I would say it changed my life. Uh, I, I maybe intuitively always had a growth mindset, but just understanding um, how much human potential everybody has um, and how important it is um, or it can be to approach a project, approach a new initiative at work and just be really curious and say, hey, I can. I think I can figure this out. I can ask a lot of questions. Um, I can learn something new. Um, we talked earlier about how much... Um, technology is changing, how much the e-commerce business is changing. And I think um, some people can kind of rest on their laurels and say, I'm a really great performance marketer. And I know Google ads and Instagram better than anyone else. But those things are changing and the landscape of marketing is changing. And so if you're not kind of able to or excited about learning new new functions or learning new technology, it's really hard to grow in your career. So read the book, embrace the growth mindset. (laughs) <laughs> thank you so much thank you that was great advice and for everybody out there listening she's absolutely right you know be comfortable with change because if nothing else nowadays the industry and i think every single industry almost it's in constant development right in, in the faster speed than it's ever been in history and i think just be comfortable with change change is exciting it gives you the opportunity to learn to grow and to develop yourself, you know? So thank you so much for your time, Leanne. I greatly appreciate it. We're very excited. We wish you guys all the best at Baby List. And, and when you guys open your brick and mortar and all that good stuff, maybe we can have a second episode and we can see how that transition from full e-commerce to brick and mortar, how it took place and the, the wins, the losses, the opportunities, you know? I think it'd be great to share with our audience. I would love to have you there for sure. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. You guys have a great day. And thank you so much for tuning into the Retail Corner Podcast. We'll see you guys next week with another exciting episode and more interesting information. Have a great day. If you would like to be featured on our podcast, please email us at podcast at retailcorner.live or visit our website, retailcorner.live. Looking forward to having you as our guest on our podcast. And thank you so much for listening.